Hello, and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week is with Andy, or The Breathing Backwards, and we we get to introducing him pretty early in like the actual recording of this, so I'm not going to go too deep on that. I just want to say really quickly, thank you for listening. This podcast has continued to grow so much, and it's all been because of word of mouth and you guys spreading the word, and I like... I feel like I thank you guys for listening a lot, but I also like it really, it's huge. This is something that I'm so passionate about doing and I love it so much. So thank you for spreading the word. It's really, really incredible. Andy's story is a really fun one. He's a guest that I had known him from the internet, but we didn't really talk too much before this. So we get some really fun organic stories and I'm kind of learning in real time and y'all know how much I like that hit him up. I linked all of his social media and everything in the episode description. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Give me five stars on iTunes, leave a review, subscribe on Spotify, all that good stuff. Massively helpful. With that said, enjoy the show. Here we go. Where are all my friends? We've got another one, and I think y'all know it well enough, but I love doing episodes with people who are internet friends that I've never really gotten to talk too, too deep, and this is another one of those. So this week is Andy, or the artist, The Breathing Backwards. So what up, dude? Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Yeah, sir. No, it's cool. Like right before we started recording this, we were talking and I was like, yo, it's so sick to talk to you and me. And you were just like, yo, but actually remember in Cleveland that second yeah. that we met and I was like, holy fuck. That's the coolest shit though. When you like barely meet people. I know. I know. It's so nuts. And like, I, it's so funny because that night was such a blur to me. It was the beginning of the first ever version three where all my friends tour. And I was like stressing, dude. Like I hope that I was chill to you because I was like... I was so worried. Like we had a projector on that tour and it like wasn't working. I was like running back and forth and like the merch was all crazy that day. And I was just like trying to keep everything going. So <laughs> that was a blur of a day, but that was Dude, crazy. It still that was a bl- I totally forgot that we had met until like earlier today. Cause wow. I was going back to the podcast enough and, and I was like, oh yeah, shit. Like we actually did at that one show. Yeah, fuck, that that's crazy. Because I know more that day more from like when I first met Nick and I forgot like everyone was there, like Shaney and the Family Pet Boys in 93. Yeah. Like everyone was fucking there. It was crazy. Which is so nuts because I think that with that entire circle of music, there's one show even before I got involved that is constantly talked about, an iconic show in New York City where so many kids met. That and then I was, was actually at. You were at that funny show? Funny enough. What? Yeah, at the one in Queens. It Fuck. was Shinny, Cold World Gang, um, Fatsy and Dub were there, uh, Family Pet. Family Pet played yep. a set. Yep. Uh, I remember because I told my dad, this was like the OG. Like It's yeah, way back. Fucking JV was there. Gucci was there. Everyone yeah. was there. And, the, and it was the, so early who on. Who was it? It was the girl, the tattoo artist that put it together. Yeah. Yep. Just because she was like, yo, I fuck with this music. Like she wasn't even like it. trying to get deep in it. And I remember I told my dad, I was like, hey dad, can I go to, I'm from Boston. So I was in Boston, yeah. four hours away from Queens. And I, I told my dad, I was like, hey, can I go to Queens for a day and see all my internet friends and stay with one of this dude who I've never met? And he goes, no. And I was (laughs) like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, shit, that was a dumb (laughs) question to me to ask. So I straight up lied to him. I I had a friend up in Vermont that I would go and stay with. And I was like, hey, dad, can I go to Wolfie's place in Vermont? He's like, yeah, sure. And I just drove to Queens. Amazing. I stayed with uh, Mitch and Matt from Family Pet. No shit. random Airbnb. Just pulled up, met everyone there. 
Dude, that show, I'm so glad I lied to my dad for that because that was like the start. That's where I met everyone. That was an iconic night. I hear legends of that night. So it's cool (laughs) that version three tour in any capacity represented any more of that. Like that's so cool that that's where you and Nick met. And for the listener, Nick is Garden, who was on the podcast. And you guys ended up living together, right? I met him three times in real life. And then I was like, let's live together. That's a crazy story too. He was... I like needed a roommate because I was moving out of my ex-girlfriend's house and he, I was just texting him and he's like, man, like, I just want to get out of New York. And I was like, how soon do you want to get out of New York? <laughs> You're like, he's like, really that? soon. And I was like, how dead ass are you? And he's like, I'm so dead ass. I just want to leave. And I was like, bet, come to Columbus, Ohio. He said, Damn. okay. Oh, and that's <laughs> how that happened. Okay. Yeah, that that connects a piece in my head there. Okay. Insane. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited. I love connecting <laughs> these pieces and I'm sure it'll tie into your story. But where I really like to start the podcast is I, I feel like every artist has a story, right? Like as you grow up, you have that pivotal moment where you kind of find your thing, where you're like, okay, cool. Like there's whatever's happening in school, but then you find that thing that you obsess over where you're like, yo, this is different. I'm super into this. And sometimes it's music out the gate with people. Sometimes it's a couple other things, but I'm obsessed with hearing those stories with artists. So where did you first get into music? What's that look like? Like, where were you growing (laughs) up? How did you find it? What were you inspired by? Like, paint me that picture. Yeah, we can go fucking all the way back if Please. you want. Because I Please. remember in, in middle school, I got into EDM. And I was like, I want to be a DJ. I, I would do that thing where I'd find something and I'd go super hard in it and then yeah. like forget it a couple months later. So I was yeah. like, I want to be a DJ. So I got a little DJ thing and DJ software. And I was like, that's cool. And then <clears throat> I like got into like hip hop. So I was like, I'm going to start making beats. So I started making beats. And they were all really, really bad. Huh. And I was like, these are really bad. Like I should do something else. So then I got into stuff like I got into rap, like atmosphere and like idea and and like all the rhyme sayers guys. And I was like, dude, I'm an intellectual. I'm deep. Like, let me rap about like life and stuff. And I started doing that. And that was also really bad. You know, what's funny, though, (laughs) is literally a note that I had. Like when I listened to because I, I finally hit you up to be like, yo, we need to do a podcast when you drop the swing set CP. Because I was like, I love Mm -hmm. this. And Thank you. Thank one you. of the things that I noted, I feel like it was still feeling it. I, I am yeah, bad at remembering, but I was like, this sounds a lot like atmosphere. <laughs> I knew exactly. Yeah, it is still feeling it. 100%. That's so funny. Okay, so continue your story, but that's crazy that well, that was yeah, influence. Well, yeah, because I haven't like really heavily listened to like atmosphere or idea or any of them in, I mean, I still listen to Aesop Rock a lot, but like atmosphere and idea, I haven't really, really heavily listened to them in so long. But that like just kind of lingers because that was like the first thing I did for like like uh, junior and senior year of high school. We had a yeah. little project, me and my friend, called Station 6, and it's really bad, and I hope it's yes. all off the internet. Um, but then it was freshman year of high school, my best friend Blake, who goes by Stairwell, everyone should listen to Stairwell, he yeah. was like, you might fuck with this dude Bones. And he played me Bones. Oh, and shit. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I was on YouTube and it was like a starry had uploaded it. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, let me check a starry. So I was scrolling through, scrolling through. And like the rap that I had been doing, like slowly just was getting like darker and darker. But it wasn't like, like I'm a pop punk kid, but I didn't get into pop punk till like college. So it's like, I didn't really, I was like leaning towards it all, but I didn't really know anything. Interesting. And I found I've been doing well, but nothing nowhere. And I was oh, like, oh, shit. like you can just year, like be bummed out. What year out. was like you're a starry find like that? That uh, early it had to have been like late 2016, early 2017. Because okay. it was, yeah. 
I, I remember like being in my sophomore year dorm, like this is sick. Like you can just be bummed out, but also like rap, like yeah. rap music. Cause I couldn't sing. <laughs> Such a funny so way I was to like, This is sick. So I like found nothing nowhere. I got super into that, super into all of them, Peep and all the OGs and all that. And then I was like, oh, I want to try making this. So I just found a bunch of Killed Myself beats and I was like, boom. And that was the start of it. Damn. Damn, That was dude. the first breathing backwards thing ever was just I found nothing nowhere and I got a bunch of Killed Myself beats and I was like, I can rap. That's so wild. It's so wild that like, I'm sure that Joe knows how much of an influence he was. Oh, but yeah. like those, I would say like, and even like Bones, you know, and like a starry, like, yeah, it it felt at least to me when I was kind of starting to see all of that, that that was really the only ones there. And you didn't yeah. fully like, and I know that there's so much more, but like that, for some reason, the internet was just like, here, I'm going to guide you all to the same place. And like, and it so did. Many I mean, that's people- what started all of it, you know? Cause then I, uh, Shinny had a song on a star, like one of those YouTube channels. He had yeah. the, the cover of tears don't fall that I, this yeah. shows how fucking out of the scene I was. I didn't know it was a cover till I heard the, the, Oh, you didn't know one. it was a bullet from my Valentine song. <laughs> Cause I was singing it to my friends, but I was singing your tears don't like Johnny does. Yeah, and my friends are like, dude, are you singing Bullet for My Valentine? And I'm like, am I? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know you are, right? And I was like, oh shit, like I should listen to Bullet for My Valentine. Okay, like, so this then is not so what I was expecting. <laughs> you found so your your uh, progression of music was EDM into hip hop. EDM into- is sort of even like separate from it all. It was really once I found like hip hop and started making beats that kind of like led slowly into. Yeah. Kind of everything where it is now. And then you find pop punk <clears throat> after that? Yeah. My friend Blake is the one who put me on a pop punk and I just became a pop punk kid. He like no would way. sing, um, oh, what's the one neck deep song? I like oh. it because she's smart. And oh, yeah, a part of me. Part of me. He would sing a part of me. And I, I was like, what song is that? And he like showed me and I was like, oh, this is cool. So I found like the story so far and I was like, ah, I'm a pop punk kid now. Interesting. <laughs> That's so wild that it that it uh, that it's happening it's like backwards. that right now. It's right. backwards. I wasn't a pop punk kid when it was a thing. I like just found it all now. So yeah, not now, but you know, right? In like it it happened almost afterwards. Like so many of the people making music that you found first were influenced by it, yeah. and then you found it later. I listened to nothing nowhere before I listened to like the story so far. That's which seems so. Wild. so off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so during all that time, you're growing up in Boston. Yeah. Uh, I was in Boston till what, like 2016. And then I went to college in Columbus and I've been here just since I went to college. Got so it. yeah, in Boston it was when I was doing the shitty rap stuff and then got to college in Columbus and Blake was like, check this stuff out. And that's kind of when it changed. Crazy. And, and yeah. w- like, so in Boston, did you have, like, were you musically trained at all? Or like, did you think this would become your life? Like, what, what did it look like before <laughs> that? Or like, when did it start to be like, yo, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm all in. Dude, I was, I still don't know music at all. I'm so. Interesting. Music, I, it's amazing how I graduated with a degree in audio engineering and I still like don't know any, I'll, I'll get a beat and I'll send it to Brody and I'll be like, hey, what key is this in? And he'll oh, be like, oh, it's crazy. this key. And then I'll set my tuning. I'll be like, thanks, dude. Like, that's how I figure out keys and stuff. I, I can't even do that by ear. I don't know how I survived. But You know what's yeah, crazy no. about that, though? <laughs> I actually, I think that that's something that's so cool, right? Like, I think that it's so awesome that you can have the vision or want to create something and you don't need to be this crazy formally trained yeah. artist. Like, 
in my opinion, that is the sign of like a musical renaissance. And I think that's fucking amazing. And I think that's, that's so what I love cool. about the and internet. Hope, yeah. Like I hope it inspires more people to create. Yeah. There's definitely, I mean, it's, uh, it's way easier to make music now than it's ever been. Yeah. You know? Okay, I just so started then, rapping and then I was like, maybe I could try singing and auto-tune. I was like, ooh, let me do this. Perfect. I was like, this is the sickest thing in the world. <laughs> now I can say that I'm a singer and I don't, I couldn't tell you a fucking single scale. Wow. And that's absurd. That's absurd. Music is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, here we are. So, okay, so you, well, okay, you went to college for audio engineering, yeah? Yeah. So in high school, when I found out that I couldn't make beats, like I was stuck at like creating the beats, mm-hmm. I had like a lot of fun mixing them, like just mm-hmm. learning about like, what does a compressor do? Like, how does EQ work? So I like didn't know what I wanted to go to college for. And I was just doing that senior year, like in the computer lab, just making beats and then mixing them. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not musically inclined. Like, I'm really bad at like remembering music theory. But here's like a thing that I can do without knowing music. Yeah, That was kind of what I was like, I want to be a part of music, but I don't know how to do music. But like, I can know how to push buttons and like turn knobs and stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to do that. And it's cool because... You know, for in college, I was surrounded by music without knowing how to play music. Yeah, just recording it. Yeah, that's that's legit. Really, really cool to me because I think I I put myself in those shoes, and I don't know if I would have like the courage or the grit to be like, "Fuck it, I'm still gonna go for it." Like, it could be so easy to be like, "I don't know if I should do this. I don't know this and this," but instead, you just <laughs> I, I played into the strength. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucky that like my parents were supportive of it. I they I doubt myself more than my parents do. Which Whoa. is, I'm so fucking lucky for that, dude. If they if they weren't like, you should do whatever you want, I would have probably gone for like business or something boring. But I was like, wow. all right, cool, I'll try it. That's yeah. another cool thing to hear because that can be such a formative part of those early days and like getting oh, yeah. into what you get into is just like your parents and how they 100%. influence you. Yeah. So that's that's sick. Shouts to like yeah. supportive parents. Shout out to parents. My dad likes my music more than I do. Yo, <laughs> he's like, oh, I, I listen to your song because I'm very awkward about it, like in real life, because it's all like so much of a bummer. And he's like, oh, like, I don't really like what they're about, but I like your songs. You know, you're really good. And I was like, all right, thanks. And I'll like brush it off. But yeah, no, he's 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 a king. That's My mom's awesome. great, too. That's really cool. OK, so then so high school, you realize you kind of find your strength there. And then you decided to go for audio engineering for college. What school was that? Yeah. Uh, Capital Capital University. It's like right outside of Columbus. Uh, I just went for the program. I was like, this program seems cool. So I'm just going to say, fuck it. What was that experience like? Because I I did not go to, I mean, I went to a couple semesters and then I started touring so early and I rarely, I don't know if I've had any guests on that have gone to school specifically for something in music or engineering. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was cool. It's definitely like, I didn't go to OSU on purpose because it's like, you know, I love being around it, but like, I can't do like college, college, you know, like Capital is a very, very small school. We called it Capital High School because the campus was like the size of my high school. Um, Very small. You kind of knew every, especially in that program, like you knew everybody. Um, It it was, I mean, there was like, there'd be two classes, like just like me. I think we graduated maybe with like somewhere between like 30 to 50 people in that program. Yeah. Not in school. school. Yeah. And I really liked it because it was like, I got some of the college experience without being overwhelmed because I would have been really overwhelmed if I went to like a big school. But it was like, found my friends and we'd go to, you know, house parties that were just like 10 of us sitting around on a couch, you know? And it was very, Capital was a good mix of like 
college, college, but like not too intense. Yeah. So yeah, and the just the program was cool, like learning about stuff that I care about and like just being able to just do it, you know, to be in a studio with bands. What were like some of the specific things you learned? Like, was it more just like the actual technical best practices of how to record specific instruments or how to bounce things out, how to use compressors even better, things like that? Yeah, it was a lot of that. They did like a little, they did a little of everything. So it was like a little theory, a little music history, like a little bit of live sound. But I kind of knew what I wanted was like recording bands. That was like always the thing that I was super into. So what was cool about it is you know, the program was good, but it, they didn't, like, teach you so much. Not trying to knock the program, I mean, a little bit. But, like, what I got the most benefit out of was there's, like, a conservatory of music attached to the school. So I would just be like, hey, <clears throat> we would have, like, open studios. And I'd just be like, hey, do you guys want to come in? I'll record you. And people would oh. say, yeah. So I just, like, sat in there and, like, figured out, like, this is how microphones work. And, like, let me try this. Let me try that. Just, like, it was... It could have been a lot of things depending on what you wanted to do, but what yeah. I really liked was recording bands in the studio. So I just did that a whole lot. And yeah, That's it was great. like figuring out like what does a compressor do? Like what microphones work for this? Like, you know, where should I place them and all that? But it, it gave you a, a platform. It gave you in a physical space and it gave you access to these recording tools and instruments <laughs> yeah. and space that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Oh, yeah. We were very lucky. They opened, we got like a whole new building for like media stuff. Yeah. In the first semester that we were <clears throat> allowed access to like open studios when they opened this new like fucking like multi-million dollar building with like Yo. the sickest studio. We were definitely, I was spoiled being able to be in Capital University Studio F, you know? That oh, was wow. like, yeah, dude, we were, we were spoiled with that one. But That's actually a really fun. cool story and like experience of school <clears throat> to hear because I personally am of the belief that you learn and hold on to a lot more knowledge through physical application yeah, or for practical application over just theory and reading. So the fact yeah. that you did go to a college and have that environment, but really it was a lot more of you just getting into a studio and having access yeah. to that and tinkering is kind of cool. I've forgotten a lot of what they taught us. Like that's why I yeah. don't know theory because like, you know, we had a theory class, but I barely tried in it, you know, and that's why I'm bad at like every gen ed because we'd have like gen eds and I would like barely try in them. Right. Like I can, I can record a band not to toot my own horn. I can record a band like no one's business. But if you ask me to do literally anything else, nope. Yeah. (laughs) Funny. That's, that's really funny. I I think that also as a creative, when you have a vision of what you're going for, it doesn't necessarily matter what the, the specific formal education of it is or the technical, like, uh, best way to do it, uh, you know, be it editing a song or a photo or in anything. If you have the vision of what you're going for in your head and you can move the knobs and record things and put them in the right places to get that final sound, then like you've accomplished your mission. That's why I really like doing stuff like this. Cause I I mean, I haven't recorded a band in forever. Like I just don't have like the access to stuff, but like doing this stuff, like my own vocals, it's like very free. I can like experiment and try a bunch of different shit. It's like, Because, you know, I can record a band like how I would to make them sound good, you know, like simple stuff. But it's almost more fun doing all the shit myself because it's like, oh, I could try doing this. Like, let me try doing that. You know, it's it's definitely more fun doing my own stuff. Yeah, I think so. And like you also probably don't have that pressure of like, man, I don't want to let these guys down. Like I want (laughs) to deliver this polished product where with yourself, you're like, I don't know. What if I totally messed this up, but like distorted it in a fun way? And then exactly. 
Yeah. I let myself down, but I can take it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Can your dad take it though? Will you let down your biggest fan here? Like, well, I don't that's know the whole that thing. I could post song. a song with a shitty mix and he'll be like, this is a great song. And I'll be like, no, it's not. It's fucking bad. It's bad. Mix. <laughs> <laughs> like I, he likes my shit more than I do. I'll put myself down so hard and he'll be like, it's a good song. Cause he doesn't like know everything that right. went into it. And all the like hundred bounces I had to do before I aced the mix. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, actually, I feel like that's maybe even played a benefit in my career in music is because I'm not formally trained and I can't play. When I hear a song I like, it <clears> stops there. I'm just like, oh, this is good. And it's exactly. like, well, yeah, but like the mix is bad or like this sounds weird or this yeah. is off. And I'm like, I don't care. It's good. <laughs> when I, Yeah, when I was first getting into this stuff, people would be like, man, the 808s are out of tune. And I'm like, yeah, they. I hear that. They totally are. And I have no <laughs> You're like, idea. bet, for okay. sure. <laughs> We're working like with Brody and stuff on like, and, and like understanding it, like now I can tell. But when it was first a thing, I was just like, I, I don't care. Talk to me like, about your friendship slaps. with Brody because I don't, I don't know him very well. Um, yeah. But it sounds like he was a big piece of all this for you. Yeah, we, he's... Like we're, I, he went to the same school as me. Like I've known him okay. since like 2016, since my first month at school. Yeah. <clears throat> he also went for audio engineering. So we were in the same program and we had all the same friends and we hung out all the time. And, um, he is really good at songwriting. Mm. Like that's the thing. Like my avenue through the audio engineering program was like recording bands. His was like, he really liked songwriting. So that's kind of what he focused on in school. Yeah. And, um, I kind of just brought him into it in like <clears throat> maybe 2017, right before we dropped our first song, the Too Long for the album. Mm-hmm. He uh, he hit me up and he's like, hey man, like I know you do hip hop stuff. Like I've been trying to write hip hop stuff. Like, can I make a beat for you? And I was like, sure. And I sent him three Nothing Nowhere songs and he comes back with the beat that was too long. Oh, So he wow. like just first fucking try, I was like, this is perfect. And we made it our first single. So, and then he just I mean, kept going. Dude, I love that. And I think that's another lesson of like the KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Like it's really easy to overthink things at times, but if you heard it, like, you know, first try, it's like, cool, run it. And that's awesome to see when that works. And that was like really cool when we were doing the album because it was like, I mean, we did it in the same room most of the time because I would just like, I live, when we did the album, a lot of it, I lived in the attic of their house. That's why a lot of my lines are about Brody's attic because I literally just lived in the attic of their house. So I'd come downstairs and we'd just write a song, which was cool because it was like, he'd be like, a lot of that, the keep it simple, stupid is what a, ho- a whole lot of our partnership was. He'd be like, is this good? And I'd be like, stop overthinking it. And I'd be like, do you like this melody? He'd be like, stop overthinking it, throw it down. Whoa, that's, so that's, how that's a lot fucking of sick. Yeah, That's really we, cool we to have that dynamic that you guys could each balance other each check. other out like that. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. And it was just cool working with him because like I said I, mean, I don't know theory but like I know like make the guitar go nah, 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 and he's like right. okay nah, 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 nah. and I'm like yeah perfect that's so funny <laughs> yeah it's it's always fun working IRL with people that's my favorite yeah that I mean dude it's crazy that they're the luxury uh, or like you know it's a luxury that you don't have to now like the fact mm, that yeah. technology has let us even not need to is crazy yeah. I mean oftentimes now I'll be close enough to someone they're like send me stems so I can kind of like arrange it how I want but there's yeah. nothing like Brody would lay a part down and it'd be like, hey, change that one tiny thing. And he'd just do it on the spot. Yeah. It just kept the creativity going. And it was just like, that's why that album is one of my favorites because every little decision was made like specifically from both of us. Like this should be this and that should be that. Like we got to like do it in real time. Damn. As opposed to just sending files, you know? Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. I feel like I saw that firsthand. There was like this little era 
Um, I think it was before, oh no, it was a couple months before the follow up West Coast where all my friends tour. Yeah, the party. But it was like Shinny, 93, Fatsy. There was just this like this magical window where they were together just writing all the time and we'd be at the house and it was just like, song after song and watching them work and like i, I was honored to see yeah, it and i'm and, sure if you ask all them they'll be like yeah that was like some of the the best stuff we ever made because you're just there with the people yeah well it's like <laughs> i was i was talking to fatsy a little bit about it and we didn't we didn't know what it was at the time we didn't know that mm-hmm. it was magic like it it felt normal it felt the yeah, way that it should be and it flowed yeah um but i mean like that was that was so many of the songs. Like that was like yeah. gemstones from Shinny. Yep. And that was old <laughs> me from them. I mean, everybody basically yeah, dropped that track. Yeah, everyone was on that shit. Um, but yeah, that, that was like a really cool little window yeah. of everything. It's great. It's great. I mean, that's why me and Brody are, we're actually, <clears throat> weirdly enough, this is strange timing. This month, later this month, we're doing a, a whole fucking Boney Vera thing. I already rented out an Airbnb, some like cabin in the fucking woods, middle of nowhere, Ohio. And we're just going to, go there and try and crank out an album in like five days. Wow. He's bringing his guitar. He's bringing his axe effects. We're just going to go and just, just grind shit. Because you say like you're going for a Bon Iver so type vibe or? <clears throat> no, just because I think that's how Bon Iver like recorded their first, second, the, the whatever, the one Bon Iver album that's fire. They were just like in a cabin and just wrote all that shit. Because I haven't done the like working with someone in real life in so long. So I was just like, Brody, let's go. Let's just crank shit out be in person, make all the little choices. So it's good. I'm, I'm stoked on that. That's cool. Yeah, wow. First I'm time excited since the for album. that. We're going to do well, one more. First time since the last album that we did together, finally, we're going to be like in person. That'll and be now, really fun. He's gotten so much better at vocals, so we can have a lot of input on that. Like I've learned more about music, so I can have input on that. I'm, it's going to be, it's, I'm hyped on that shit. I'm really gassed on it. Dude, and like this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like I love talking to you about this in real time because there will be a time where this podcast has been out and that yeah. album will <laughs> long have been out. And it's like, I love to hear about it in this window because yeah. we'll always be able to look back and be like, dude, remember how excited yeah. you were? It was like right before it happened. Yep. And if it slaps, this would be really cool to look at. And if it flops, then we can look at what what could have been. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just fucking archive, cut out this part, go back and cut out this part. And be like, what? No, we never <laughs> talked about it. No. <laughs> Let's just what purely I record us about. just being like, it's going to be the best thing ever. Here we go. <laughs> we'll do another take where we say, it's going to suck. So that way we can yeah, we'll be have like, options. we were right. We told you. There we go. Talk to me about swing sets a little bit because that to me, like again, I that's crazy that we met in Cleveland. But <laughs> And like, I think that it's, there's a level of just everyone's on everyone's radar to a degree yeah. of if you run in like the same kind of friend circles, like you'll see somebody on social media, but <clears> at least for me, like I kind of like, I don't think too far into it. I'm like, Oh yeah. cool. Like he's doing his thing, whatever. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of the way that I saw your artist project where I'd see it come up and I'd mm-hmm. hear something here and there and I'd be like, Oh, like cool. Mm-hmm. But then I heard swing sets and it really stood out to me. Uh, the first track is anymore. anymore. Yeah. That shit fucking I love that one. That's a bop. That's that's my track. <clears throat> that's one but, of my favorites that I have that's out now. That's like releases anymore. That was fuck fun. yeah. It should be. I love it. But like all around, that was a funny P to me because I felt like it drew influences. Now it makes sense as you explain it to me, <laughs> but I felt like it drew influences from very much like a hip hop like atmosphere type yeah. vibe. Then it had <clears throat> like a very like current like nothing nowhere inspired just anything going on right now um 
but then it also had like a yeah. more sad pop punk yep. acoustic B-side <laughs> feel. That's what which that was the first so Swing Sets is the first time I've done like a project since the album. It was just a bunch of singles. Yeah. And <clears throat> a lot of it's like with Black Card Emoji, we wanted it to kind of I mean sound different. There's a bunch of different songs in it, but kind of have the same vibe throughout it. Yeah. And then with this one, I was like, I want to work with different producers and I kind of just want to do like a bunch of different things. So it's all based on like what I was listening to. So it's like, yeah, still feeling it. It's like listen to atmosphere. And like I was listening to like a lot of like Alien Ant Farm. So Yo. it's got when Starbringer sent me the beat with that guitar, I was like, this is like some early 2000s rock shit, like alternative. I was like, I yeah. gotta make a hook like that. And then when Local sent me the Anymore beat, I was like, all right, like I could do a typical like rap and be bummed out thing. But I was like, I want to try doing something like kind of poppy and upbeat, you know? And then, yeah, when um, Cold Blood sent me the beat for Let the Rain In, I was like, this is so different. Like I want to do something like this and kind of put them all together like, with a similar sound, but like be very, very different with like a bunch of different influences as yeah. like one project. So yeah. it was definitely because working with a bunch of different producers, I feel like it's maybe not as put together as the album was, but it's definitely like, I don't want to say more interesting, but it's kind of more interesting because it's just like a bunch of different things like boom, 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 hit you like no, that's different totally kind of songs back to back. So for, for me as an uneducated music consumer, and I say uneducated just in like, I don't know how to yeah. write an album. I don't, I don't know how <laughs> to play music. I listen to a lot of it and I work around a lot of it, but there's kind of two albums that I love is like 1975 just put out an album. And uh, do, you, do you like it? I do. Right. I love it. And I'll tell you like, so to me, that's an album where there's like maybe one standout song where I'm like, yo, I need to yeah. listen to this song. But when I have an hour's worth of work to do and I want to listen to one consistent vibe, it's perfect. Like it all fits I together. That. That's and the reason I, feel, I honestly didn't like it. I said well, it's right. a it's a good 22 track album that could be a great 15 track album. Oh, it could be <laughs> fucking seven. But <laughs> but I think that like that's there's two different kinds of albums or projects yeah. or EPs to me is like there's the ones that flow so painfully well together that it could be one big song. And for a certain mood, I'm absolutely here yeah, for it. It's a vibe. But then there's a project like Swing Sets where it's such a beautiful variety and sampling yeah. of everything where my musical ADD is like, it's so fun <laughs> to just like hit play and have this, what, 20 minute project that takes you everywhere. Like I, yeah. I, I equally love both of those. So That's true. That's true. Cause I, yeah, I probably give the new 1975 a worse rap than it deserves. It's a good album. <laughs> well, but it's a good album when you're in that mood, right? It's yeah, a good album. Just wanna, when you it's, and it's want. definitely put together very well. It's definitely right. like an album. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because Swing Sets, I didn't want to be in it. I wanted it specifically to be an EP. That's why I kept it short. I was like, just going to do a couple songs. It's an EP. It's not supposed to be like a project. It's not supposed to be Swing Sets, the thing. It's just supposed to be like, here's a collection of a bunch of songs that I thought were pretty cool. Yeah. And again, I think that like, that's such a beautiful thing. I love that in music right now, you know, there's not really rules to that. Like you yeah. just, that's what you wanted to do. So you put it out. Exactly. And you can do whatever love the fuck that. you want now. Right. So it's cool to hear that you're doing that, but then you're also going to get together with Brody and make something yeah. cohesive. And Conceptual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cohesive is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. I like that word. I don't know where I cohesive. got it, but I, it's it's been in the vocab for <laughs> a couple of years. Big words. Let's go. 
You should play um, Word Hunt with Taylor Morgan. I know what Word Hunt is, but <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know what Word Hunt is. What is that? He, he plays this stupid little iMessage game where you have to find words in the square. And for some reason, he's stupid good at it. I hate it. I That's hate it. So I'll like text funny. him. I'll be like, hey, can you send me a beat? And he'll respond with like Word Hunt. Play Word Hunt with me. And I'm like, no, Taylor. <laughs> That's Taylor, like the key to like Word getting the beat. You. you have to beat him in Word Hunt first. <laughs> And I never will. I never have in my entire Holy life. And shit. I never will. That's so funny. Talk to me a little bit about you met Nick at that show. You guys were boys. Yeah. I believe you guys did a little tour together. Yeah. Am I right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Last November. November 2019. So that tour is very interesting. It was supposed to be a McCafferty tour uh, that Nick got on. Oh, that was that tour. Yeah. And then Carousel Kings and Nick's like, hey, they're like offering I could bring someone else on. Like, do you want to come on? And we're like, yeah. And then like a month before... McCaffrey's like, we're dropping out because that's what McCaffrey does. So at first they're like, yeah, so the tour's canceled. And we're like, fuck. But then the promoter who was putting it on with McCaffrey's like, you guys know, like, if you want to, you can still go on the tour. And we're like, what? He's like, yeah, like, we could just do a tour with just the three, you Garden and the Breathing Backwards and Carousel Kings. So we said, shit, yeah, let's do it. So with like a month to go, we're like, tour is back on, Garden tour. We had a poster made up on Fiverr, like in a day. We're like, feature tour, let's do it. And it was cool because it was like, I mean, it was kind of our tour. Yeah. It was me, Nick, and Carousel Kings. And that was like, we got to do whatever the fuck we want. And it was my yeah. first tour. It was Nick's first headline tour. And it was Carousel Kings, like, 300th tour. Yep. They're like a real-ass band. They've, like, played They're like an old-school pop-punk they're band, like, right? Yeah, and it was so sick because they're really good and they're the nicest people. And they were, like, helping us, like, understand how tour works and stuff. But it was oh, also like cool. we had so much freedom, like we could play whatever we want as the house music. Like it was, yeah. it was definitely not like most tours. And I have to keep telling myself that in case I go on another tour. But it was just like one of the most fun weeks I've ever had. Just traveling with Nick and Brody in the car and meeting up with Carousel Kings, good food all around, good hangs with people. It was, dude, that was fun. That was such that, a good tour. That's awesome. And so that was the only tour you've done up to date, huh? Yeah, I've done a couple one-off shows, uh, some in Columbus and then opened for Nothing Nowhere in Cleveland. And then I opened for Wiccafes a lot when they come here. I think I've done it twice in Columbus. But that was the first like multiple day thing I've ever done. Man, that's really cool to me because I, I mean, dude, I got into, mu- or I got into like doing some kind of working in music yeah. in 2008. I started yeah. off selling <laughs> merch and tour managing bands. So like, that's all I knew. All I knew mm-hmm. was tour and then everything else came after. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so exciting to me about like, you know, version three tour is kind of paused right now, like all the coronavirus stuff and everything. Yeah, like yeah, just, yeah. But with touring, like it's so fun for me to see yeah. all these artists that are incredibly talented that have this amazing music, but it's the, the everything's kind of switched. Like now you don't need yeah. to tour first to get discovered. You get discovered on the internet no. and it's like bonus round to tour. So exactly. I love hearing like, people just get so excited about touring. Yeah. And, I was uh, definitely geeking. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, like sold out show. Like that doesn't happen. But that's yeah. what I was, the whole tour, that's what I was saying. Like, you know, we sold out a couple shows and it's like, it's so legitimizing. Cause you know, like, <clears throat> I mean, people like Nothing Nowhere, Low Pete, Bones, kind of the OGs. I mean, they kind of were the first wave of it. But then people like Shinny and, and Garden and and all the people that like Convolk's popping off now too. It's like, we're kind of the second wave of it and it almost took a, a little bit longer to kind of get to a play. It was just kind of like internet music and that's kind mm-hmm. of what it was like SoundCloud and then Twitter. 
But now that like, I mean, it's, you see people touring and like, you know, Nick and Morgan and Lund just did that tour. And I went to the show in Cleveland for that. And it's just like, so legitimizing. It's like, this is real music now. Yeah. Like, it's not just like something that we do on the internet. Like, you know, and you have people going viral now with like TikTok and all that bullshit. Uh, People getting like, Nick hit like a million multi-listeners on Spotify. It's like, this is real. Like, this is an actual form of music that is valid and like legit. And yeah. that's what that tour was to me. It's just like, we're doing it. We're yeah. like, this is, I'm a real artist artist now. That was the well, first thing that kind of validated it. And that's what I, like, I have so much respect. Like, I, obviously I don't know. And I just heard this, but like Carousel Kings for showing you guys the ropes and not being yeah. old, sad, <laughs> shitty, jaded tour guys, but being like, yo, this is how you do it and all that. And like, that's exactly. what I was so excited to do with the version three tour And all of that, because it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel that there's a responsibility where there's this new music scene coming up and you can do it right or you can fuck it up and ruin it before it ever starts. So the fact that like, I mean, dude, I think Nick Garden is such a great example of just a genuine dude that has built such a big fan base that he can go out and headline, Mm -hmm. but treats people like people and has so much mm-hmm. love for everyone. And like, I <laughs> yeah, think that- it's like, it became a thing. Cause like, <clears throat> you know, when he was like, yeah, I think his first tour was the Oliver tour. And like on the Oliver tour, he'd like stay after the show and like meet people. And it was like, great. But yeah. on this one, like he was the headliner. Like we would sit in the venue for like an hour and a half after the show. Cause Nick yeah. had to meet every single fucking person. Yep. And like, it's, it's great. It's so cute. He's a good dude. Love him for that. But it was like, I'm hungry. But yeah, he would meet yeah. every, and that's why I respect him. He, every single person who wanted to meet him, he would meet to, and he would meet and like talk to, and, like have a conversation with. And it's like, it's really cool that people like that are like starting to like headline stuff because it almost feels like, that's what I was saying, like the tour didn't feel like a normal tour because it was our tour. We could stay as yeah. long as we want after and talk to people, you yeah. know? It felt like, like a, like, like not like a legit thing, like, there wasn't like a TM who was with us or anything. It was just, we're fucking around, going to cities, talking to people, having fun. Yeah. Which was sick. And to have that supported. to Because you can do that and then you have five people show up and feel like a goob. But to do that and have people <laughs> yeah. care and to see it growing crazy, and to man. see that there was a demand for that, that's crazy. so cool. Yeah, it's um, sick. That's it's awesome. legitimizing. Yeah, it's yeah. Validating. That's I'm so glad that that was your first experience with it. <clears throat> no, me too. And I really <laughs> hope, like again, like it's such it's it's cool for me to record these early in an artist's career because then it's like, damn, who knows what's next for you? Yeah, like, who knows, holy man. shit. <laughs> um, so is that is that a big thing for you? Like, would you like to get back on the road when it's safe? Oh and yeah. When it makes sense? I mean, I'm I'm definitely I've been like kind of like I'm not trying to go to a show to like next year like I'm trying to stay safe with it but yeah. like whenever it becomes a thing and it's like actually safe again like I loved it yeah it's and just every tour like every show because like when I did <clears throat> like the Wicca phase ones it was like no one really knew me except for like my friends because it was all local in Columbus and yeah. then when we did Nothing Nowhere in Cleveland most people didn't know me I mean people would come after be like hey that was really good but like nobody knew me and I vividly remember uh the Cleveland show of the creature tour, yeah. so many, way more people than the other shows came up and were like, hey, like I saw you in Cleveland, nothing nowhere. Like it's cool that you're on the store with Garden. And I was like, oh shit, like sh- people remember shows. That so it's like now, like more than ever, it's like I want to get back on and and do stuff because there's always like a couple people at every show who are just the kindest people. They're like, yo, like I really like your music. Like you really helped me. And it's like, you know, you'll get DMs about it and it's like super, you're like, yo, thank you so much. Like that's super powerful. But yeah. to have people like, 
willing to like face their anxieties like in person like come up to you and be like hey like you've helped me it's like bro you've helped me like yeah like what are you talking about like you're the reason i'm doing this like i should be thanking you for paying money to come out and see us like that's oh my god it's so surreal i have so much love for a real diehard music fan in any capacity that takes the time to find an artist and learn their lyrics and learn their music show up to a show buy a shirt, tell them how much they mean because it's like to be on the other side of that to create something and be so vulnerable and just hope that anybody cares. When that person walks up to you and tells you they care, like, oh my God. Exactly. Because like the tour was validating as like a music scene, but like that shit was like validating to me too. It's like, you know, because like the numbers, you you always say the numbers don't matter, but then you look every fucking week. Like, what are my numbers at? What are my numbers at? And when they're not just shooting up after you drop something, it can be kind of like disheartening. But then like when you have people come up and say that, it's like, oh, like I, it, it almost holds me accountable. It's like, I can't stop putting out music because there's people who care about it. And it's yeah. like a weird fuel to the fire. It almost yeah. is like shit. Like I have to keep, because I'm never going to stop making music because I always, I feel things all the time. But it's like, Every time I'm like, man, I should just stop this whole project and just like, I don't know, like get a business degree or, you know, some shit like that. It's like, like I can't because there's people who rely on it and that kind of, it's a good feeling. It really is. It's stressful, but it's like very validating to me as like, like people give a shit, you know? I love the way you express that. Cause I mean, again, like I don't fully know, I'm not an artist. I don't know what it's like to be like up on stage, but I certainly know what it's like to have a project or (laughs) To have anything that you create and just hope people care. And when that's yeah. validated in any way, I think everybody yeah. can relate to that. 100%. On that same line, this is a question that I always like to ask. And I never really care of like where in a career somebody's at because I think we all experience it and deal with it. But if you were to go back to any time in your life where it felt the hardest, the most trying, the most uncertain, the most like fuck it, I give up. Where do you go back to in your head and what do you tell yourself now that you've evolved past it? Dude, it's, I mean, it's crazy because it's like every day. Really? You know, it's, it's every, it was every other day. It's like, I can't pinpoint, I'm trying to in my head, but like, I don't even think I can pinpoint a part where that happens because it's like, it's not like it kind of goes up where it's like, I doubt myself. And then like, now I'm slowly less doubting myself. It's like back whenever I was doubting myself. I mean, cause like back when I was first doing stuff, like I'd get like 1000 plays on a song and it was like, boom, that's validating, you know? Yeah. And now if I get 1000 plays on a song, that's like disheartening, you know? So it's very much like as more good things happen, it's also easier to feel down about them. So it's just kind of like a wave. And I just have to keep telling myself what I do is the opposite. I go back and I was like, man, like, remember when like a thousand people like when I hit like two, 2K on SoundCloud, I was like, man, remember when 2,000 people following you was like a big thing? Like you got to kind of look at it in context of like right now. It's like, yeah, like all my friends might be shooting up way above me, but it's like, dude, I was at 2K and now I'm at so many K. Like that's like a thing. My, my dad was the one who texted me the other day and he's like, yo, you know, you hit 20,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. And I was like, oh, only 20K. Okay. But then I thought about it. And I was like, 20, that, like that's. A landmark, you know? You yeah. really kind <clears> of <throat> just have to put it in perspective. And yeah. me and Brody talk about, talk about it a lot. Like, <clears throat> uh, that's another thing of, like, us keeping each other in check. Like, I remember he put out a song right after the one he did with 93. He's like, yo, man, like, this song's not doing good. Like, what do you think it is? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, 
like not in a bad way, but I mean, you just put out a song with 93 Feet of Smoke. Like, of course that one's going to do better. Like, look at this one compared to like your first song that you did alone. Like, yeah. look at how much better it's doing. Like, it's all about just keeping your mind in context. So I love it's that. kind of the opposite. I go back instead of going wow. like where I'm at now. That's, that's really cool. Actually. I love it. Thank you for that answer. I think that's not only do I love that. I think that that'll be really helpful to anybody listening too. Yeah. Because you know, again, like it's not like we're over here trying to front, like you're the world's biggest artist. Like you're so yeah. early in your career with so many things. And I absolutely fucking think 20 K on SoundCloud or uh, Spotify is something to celebrate and all of like exactly how you put that. If you compare it to one spot where you once were, yeah you're always making progress and it's so easy to forget mm -hmm. that. It's so, so easy. But that's why, like I said, like I love having people like Brody because yeah. <clears throat> it's like, I know a lot of people in the scene, but he's like the like, <clears throat> sorry. Since we're like real life friends, like we like talk about things outside of music. So we just definitely like have to go back and forth on things. And like, there'll be times where like, I'm like, oh man, like this song's not good. And he'll be like, dude, it's doing great. Like, what are you talking about? We yeah. just kind of go back and forth of like keeping each other in check and like reminding each other, like put it in context. You know, that's so important. Having any friend that, that will just keep it that real for you and be a champion for you when you need that, like fucking yeah. a, that'll get you through a lot. <clears throat> that's why, I mean, like, I don't have a lot of like close, close friends, but I recommend everyone just find like one close friend who like, <clears throat> we'll be fully honest with you. Like, yeah. we'll like rip each other's mixes apart. Yeah. You know, but like, because I'll send a mix to someone else, be like, hey, is this good? They'll be like, oh, yeah, it sounds great. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It sounds like shit. Right. That's yeah, when you have that be like, too friend. much low end. Your vocals sound like shit. <laughs> Fix them. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And you know? It, it, you know, it's coming from love, but they yeah, love exactly. you so much they'll be real. Yep. That's awesome. So, my last question for you is what's next? Dude, <clears throat> I don't know at this point. I mean, <laughs> right I guess now, you kind of answered it. Right like, now, you and Brody like, are going to go. You're gonna, <clears throat> we're going to record gonna the album. album together. Um, I got, I think, right now I have more almost finished songs sitting in my vault than I ever have. Because yeah. after the project, it was just like, I haven't been consistently dropping singles. I've just been making a bunch of shit. But I have some of my favorite songs that I'm going to come out. So I think after, you know, everything's all back to normal and stuff. Yeah. Um. I guess I'm just going to drop singles. I got a bunch of, you know, a couple Nothing Nowhere beats sitting in my fucking folder. Just waiting. <laughs> just waiting. Uh, yeah. That's probably... it's And that's, that's another perfect example. It's like... <clears throat> when, like, I first met Joe, and he was like we, like, we played Xbox together. I was like, that's fucking crazy. I played Xbox Nothing Nowhere. And it's like, now it's such a normal thing. But then it's like, another little victory. It's like, oh, I opened for him at a show. And you're like, wow, like, that's fucking crazy. And then like another thing, it's like, dude, he sent a beat. Like that's crazy. It's like all these little victories. Oh, you're not that, saying like, a nothing nowhere inspired beat. You're saying like a beat from Joe. Yeah. Oh, fucking sick. Yeah. That's great. An, a, a nothing nowhere beat. Yeah. 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 Actually, dude, that was, he was making it on Twitch, and I was just like, hey, uh, I jokingly, I think I was like, I'll donate five hundred bucks to the Trust for Public Land if you send this to me. And he's like, dude, do you just want it? And I was like, yeah. Damn. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's really cool. <laughs> We're hashtag blessed. So I got a lot of I got a lot of cool shit that I want to do that's coming out. But right now, I mean, everything's on pause. Yeah, no, which totally. validly, absolutely, hundred percent. That's why my voice is so fucked from protesting and yelling a bunch. <laughs> oh damn! Yeah, but <laughs> I was dude, like, shit. Props. I got to record a podcast soon. I'm gonna be done. yo. Honestly, I'll take that. Very very valid reason and much respect. <laughs> It's definitely interesting. Like there's some, something so much bigger than any of this shit that we're yeah. doing. It's just cool to see people doing it too. Like people are yeah. actually taking a stand, even in music. 
People yeah. are like, yo, not dropping a song. And it's like, shit, like that's cool. It is cool. People are really doing it. It's really cool. I mean, dude, it's, I definitely think that we're going through some very uncharted times, but they will be extremely memorable and extremely formative. And I really, really fucking hope in a good way. I hope that we come yeah. out of this stronger and better. Oh, uh, I mean, this is definitely the most interesting time to live in yeah. in my whole life. In the last 22 years, 2020 is the most interesting time in the world right now, you know? I fucking agree with you there, dude. Crazy. Jesus. It's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, dude, thank you for doing this. I, of course, I, I'm man. so glad that we took the time to do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, like, it's, it's cool for me to sort of know somebody and then to take the time and just an hour to fully understand yeah. somebody and get that much closer. It gives me so much more excitement and hope for the music scene. And it just makes me... Like, I don't know, I just love it. It's just proof that there's so many people out there chasing a dream and doing their thing. And I love to hear it. So love thank you for it, taking yeah. that time. Of course, man. Oh, uh, where can people find you? <clears throat> oh, they can find me on the internet. <clears throat> and uh, Easy. <laughs> Instagram, I think, is the breathing backwards. Twitter, I think, is just breathing back. If you Google it, I mean, no one else has that fucking name. So if you just Google it, you'll find me. Cool. My like shitty, it. long, lowercase name. <laughs> I'll, put, uh, I'll put your links in the description, in the episode description, but, too. Big Betsky Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is, Andy's story. I really hope you liked this episode. If you did, again, the biggest favor that you can do for myself and the show is subscribing on Spotify, leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, and just sharing the episode on social media or anywhere with friends. It is so massively helpful for growing it and so appreciated. If you wanna go super above and beyond, I did open up a link to support the show where you can donate. That's in the episode description or at whereareallmyfriends.com. There's a little donate button. Another thing is I love hearing from you guys. So if you liked this episode and you just wanna DM me and say what you like, or if you want to suggest a guest or if there's something you didn't like, if there's some feedback or something that I could improve, hit me up. Let me know. I really, really love hearing from anyone listening to the show. So I'm at Andrew underscore FTW on Instagram. I'm always checking that. So there it is. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with another.